Bitcoin's still here. It's not going anywhere. And guess what's been happening this whole year? Lightning Network, they've been working out bugs like Watchtower code just got merged in. Uh, we've got 4,000 nodes, like 12,000 channels. Bit refills processed 2,000 transactions with Lightning Network already. Uh, you know, this is extensibility, the additional layer. Uh, BitPay, <laughs> they paused uh, Bitcoin Cash acceptance. It's like, why isn't BitPay have Lightning Network integrated? Like, what's the deal, right? Uh, so, you know, if you're not moving forward on the latest tech, because BTC Pay, uh, Nicholas Dorier's thing, it's got Lightning Network integrated. So if you're not moving forward, like, it could get, you're just going to get left behind. You know, if you're dinking around, like getting distracted and not building the right stuff that people need. Welcome to the Noted Bitcoin Podcast. This is our live Q&A episode on November 19th. Michael, how are you? Doing great. How about you? Good, good. And in case you don't know whose voice this is, this is Pierre Rochard. I, I, I think that we don't have any new listeners because it's the bear market, right? Uh, yeah, and I might have to, you know, uh, defenestrate myself. Not because of the bear market, just like losing listeners. Oh, I don't know that we're losing listeners, right? Like, I just don't think that we're gaining any. So we're treading water on on listeners. Like, if I if, and I'm just it's looking the, at the stats, the horizontal I'm, trend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so we've just got to wait for the next bull market to uh, really pick up steam on the listener count. Yeah, um, I guess we were lucky that we started, you know, in November of last year. We picked a a good time. Note to uh, Bitcoin podcasters or aspiring Bitcoin podcasters. Yeah, wait, wait for being on the uptrend. That way you have a good tailwind of uh, listener goodwill. Unless unless your whole shtick is like how, you know, the price is going to continue going down. Uh, so there, there, there are people who, who have been uh, profiting from that. Did your audio cut out? I can't hear you. No, I'm here. Okay. I hope my, my audio doesn't cut out. My internet... As you know, it's been rather awful. Yeah, yeah, Not you got to get the, the benefits of Fios. Well, are they rolling that out wider in Austin? Like, is it... I don't know. I haven't heard anything from you know. Google has parts of Austin covered with fiber. Um, yeah, my you know lower tier internet company. You gotta you gotta stop your uh, full nodes so that it's not taking up your bandwidth. <laughs> Yeah, and they want me to get bigger blocks. How dare they? Right, yeah. You're already struggling to keep up with uh, the uh, 4 million weight units, and now they want you to go to 8 million? Crazy. Making me choose between my full node and my podcast. It's... Oosh. Oosh. Um, all right, let's 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 jump into a listener question here. I've got an interesting one on deck here. Um, and basically, the, the question here is... Uh, what should you expect to happen in times of short network or power outages while running a lightning node with one or more open channels? Um, so I think that this really depends on the what 
role your lightning node is playing on the lightning network. So if if you're a routing node, this is definitely a problem uh, because now you're not routing any payments uh, and thus you're not making money off of the fees. Now, I don't know how much money people are going to be making off these fees, but the premise of a routing node is that you're up your uptime is, you know, 24 seven. Um, yeah. And so then the, if you're like a merchant, the problem is that you can't receive payments and that means that orders are going unfulfilled or they're, they're not checking out with your shopping cart. Uh, that's also like a really bad situation to be in, uh, because you're missing out on revenue. Um, but I think that the, as a user, uh, you don't really care because, the worst case scenario, well, we're talking about short outages, not long outages. But the worst case scenario for short outages uh, as a user is that uh, you you you're, you can't have someone else scamming you with some cheap plastic toy that they were going to uh, send you if you sent them some some Satoshis. Can you elaborate on how long the outage would have to to be before uh, you're risking money? So there's not really, well, there's there's kind of multiple different facets to this. Um, there isn't one number because you can set the period, the, the number of, of the, the, uh, the lock time to be anything, mm-hmm. right? So um, if you anticipate that you're going to be going on and offline um, and also, you know, that it could last up to like a week, you know, you're, you're in the backcountry hunting and uh, you don't have a good uh, satellite connection or whatever. <laughs> Although I, I don't, I haven't seen anyone do lightning network over the satellite, the block stream satellite. Have you heard of that? No, but that'd be awesome. That'll, yeah. that'll, that, that'll be such a huge boon to the digital nomad lifestyle that I envision. The challenge is that with the current setup, you, you cannot send data up. Uh, they only beam data down to you, so um, you would you you could still keep an eye on the chain to see like if someone is uh, you know trying to scam you with an old uh, commitment, but you couldn't be like you couldn't do anything about it if someone did, um, other than well, you know yeah yeah it would be cool though if they had you know if we built radios just for you know to send a pulse out yeah abroad of just like your your transaction it's not a lot of it's not that much data um probably make it happen you could have you could have you know a network of towers scattered across the uh rural plains that'll well you could also take in you could use smoke signals uh you know and put out some zeros and ones really have to yeah yeah uh, because let's see, like a, a Bitcoin transaction is like 300 bytes, I think, or something like that. Um, so that's, you know, 300 times eight. And that's how many like s- smoke clouds you'd have to make, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to be smoking meat anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Uh, the challenge, I guess, would be signing the transaction. Although, I mean, you can do that offline. So it's not like you need to. Yeah. It's it's all very feasible. We've got to work this out. We'll work yeah, with. It's just I know Nick Zabo is working on like um, uh, Bitcoin 
and Elaine were working on this uh, Bitcoin uh, like radio transmission idea. Yes. Yeah, that's a great talk. I forget which conference that was. Yeah, that was Stanford. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess it was was it scaling Bitcoin? Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, that was an interesting talk. Uh, so uh, on this question here, uh, so yeah, yeah, you could you could set it to be like months of uh, you know waiting time, but the other aspect of it is that um, there are other mitigations like. For example, if you open a channel with a a business like BitRefill or something like that, like they're they're not going to try to deliberately breach the the channel and uh, broadcast a a stale a revoked commitment. Like that's they're not in the business of doing that. And on top of that, like I there there would be legal repercussions, right? Like mm-hmm. they. Uh, e- even though the network allowed them to do this, uh, you have their legal identity and you could go pursue them in court and like sue them. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's not like they, now the, the problem is that if you're just connecting to nodes willy nilly and they're all pseudonymous and you don't have a real identity attached to any of them and you, they do exploit a breach, um, then that's bad. Uh, the other thing too, though, is that like, they don't know that you're offline uh, necessarily or that you're going to be offline until, uh, you know, the, the enough time has elapsed that they have scammed oh, yeah. you out of your money. So um, that'd be like a risk for them. Like if they, if they try that thinking that you might be offline, but you're actually online, then you'll quickly see it and you'll get to reveal that. So it's, And you take all of the money and yeah. you, you punish them. So I think that we'll have people like, deliberately trying to get breached so that the, they can uh, then like uh, broadcast the uh, the countermeasure and take all the money. So um, it would be interesting to like figure out like, okay, how do I pretend that I'm offline and going to be offline for a while um, so that you can fake people out and so you can fake scammers out so you can scam the scammers. Um, but then the other thing is watchtowers, right? Like there's going to be other ways to, to prevent that. Yeah. One of the topologies I've wondered about for a long time is just, you know, if you have a highly trusted community of people, if all of you just, uh, keep an eye on one another, create channels with one another, uh, such that you create a nice sort of, uh, curated experience of, yeah, yeah. It just sort of redundant security with that of just being able to uh yeah i would actually think i don't know right i i I agree there uh but i actually think that the biggest advantage wouldn't so much be the the risk of breaches um it would be that you are essentially like have it it, it, the the bigger risk in my mind than breaches is Mm -hmm. people force closing uh channels on you uh, and not waiting for you to have a chance to do a um, a, a mutual close, um, but also just like a close at all. Uh, so you want to have channels that have like essentially they're well aged, like a fine wine. Uh, and if you have if you have um, a merchant who's like, hey, look, I, I, I'm tired of tying up liquidity in this channel, or I need to make payroll, and I need to like sweep all of these channels on chain uh and they even if it's like a, a mutual close uh it's still annoying that 
you are having to pay that transaction fee and then having to reopen a, a channel of someone else. So if you can have a community of people that uh, you know are going to uh, not close channels on you, that's beneficial. Yeah, so if you don't have a Lightning channel open with someone, are they really your friend? <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, and, and on top of that, uh, like right now, it's it's inexpensive to open a channel. Well, not right now. Right now, because the mempool has this, we've got a little spike because of high high time preference degenerate gamblers who are moving money around on the network. Um, but more generally, like uh, in this post 2017 world, uh, you're paying like between a penny and a nickel to to open a channel, and so it might make sense to uh, open channels now and let them. And also, like you, you by opening them now, they're going to accumulate confirmations and age, and they're going to look like you know they've got a Lindy effect on them. Uh, in that, hey, this channel, this node has channels that are a year old, and thus this node is less likely to be arbitrarily closing channels on people uh, to you know maximize uh, capital efficiency, or or just because like they're you know they're they're using the or they're abusing the lightning network by opening and closing channels uh another another thought is that in the in the future lightning channels will be the new like facebook official yeah and the girl it's like you know we've been going out so long but you haven't even put you haven't even opened a channel with me and and it's it's also like a, a blue check mark like, oh, this person has like a, a merit badge on them for having, uh, you know, very well, a, a very nice, um, what, what's that called? Like a, um, w- where you store wine, I forget, a wine cellar, like a channel cellar, a cellar. Uh, that's full of really rare, you, rare collections. You, you'll t- take a guest at your house party down to the basement where you have a large screen and just show off. Yeah. This is my channel with this uh, Bitcoin millionaire you may have heard of. Yeah. It's been open for eight years now. Well, yeah. And and you can, you know, you can talk about how, Hey, this channel was open before the last happening. (laughs) You know, like this is really good stuff. This Uh, channel only costs us five cents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Back in my day. <laughs> well, and also, like, when I opened this channel, its capacity was $500. Today, the dollar no longer exists. <laughs> uh, but in terms of purchasing power, and I, I tweeted this out, uh, that um, if you open up, a, like, a $500 channel today and the price goes up 10x, uh, now it's the capacity in terms of value has gone up 10x uh, without you doing anything and without like Bitcoin having to scale or anything. And um, I like the people who like replied to that and were like, yeah, that's basic math. Like what, what's the problem? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're just going to take the recording from YouTube and we'll, we'll put that on, uh, on um, the podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, so... It is basic math, but I think that the point still stands that we essentially get capacity for free uh, by the price going up. Now, uh, right now, the price is going down. So this is this is good for Lightning, too. Uh, you know, it, it costs less to open channels. 
it's weird that it's 2018 and people still think there's such a thing as bad news for Bitcoin. I know, right? <laughs> it's all good. News, I really though. don't understand yeah. these these people. Like you know, the price is going down, and it's time for no coiners to come out of the woodwork and and do another round of of hitting on Bitcoiners. And it's like I I don't understand what part of religious ideologue they don't understand. Yeah. I well, they're the ones who are making the accusation of us being religious ideologues, and then they don't take it to its formal conclusion. It's very frustrating. Um, so Matthew R actually uh, is is correct that uh, he willed this podcast into existence because an hour ago he was thinking that a live episode would be great. Um, so uh, yes, thank you for encouraging us with your psychic powers to get this episode started. Uh, and yeah, he, he, I, I like his, his joke here. Why didn't you route my payment will be the new, why didn't you like my post between friends? <laughs> uh, How can, man, wouldn't that be a, a, a great world when, you know, sound money is the basis of, of friendships. Although I guess in that, that case, it's still a petty consumption driving the friendship, but at least it makes my money worth more. So. Yeah, absolutely. And now you might not necessarily be engaging in 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 consumption. You might be engaging in production, right? Like you might it might be true. about writing a payment to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I, you know, it's funny. There was this uh, discussion about um, Lightning Network usage for sending non-payment related data, and I think that it's like. It's it's it would be cool to be able to have like chat rooms where uh, your node has to have more than you know five bitcoins worth of channels open, uh, mm-hmm. and it's essentially like a a high rollers table in Las Vegas, uh, but for for Lightning node operators, uh, and it's all just being done through the network. But maybe that's far fetched. Maybe that and well, maybe yeah, it's just I inefficient. I could imagine, well, I mean, if, if you could do that, I could imagine that actually being a gambling thing online where it's like you have to, you actually do have certain stakes to sit down without having to hand over money in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. I, I, I look forward to going from like Satoshi's place to Satoshi's poker table. Yeah. Well, and there was that... Uh, there was that uh, casino in Vegas uh, that started accepting Bitcoin years ago. I don't know if they still are. It's called the D. Um, oh yeah, I haven't heard of this. It was, it was one of the. I think it's on the old strip. You know, it's like a very old uh, casino in Vegas. Yeah, this is probably like 2013 or 2014. You know, if only you know if. If any of them are listening, you know, they should start thinking about how to include lightning payments. I mean, I'm sure that there's, you know, uh, a reason that they enjoy having uh, chips specifically rather than people just show up with. Uh, well, uh, sorry, but a channel is uh, your, your stack of chips. And uh, it's interesting, oh, too. No, I yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I know what you mean. But um, the yeah. other thing, too, would be that you could have something where basically uh like I'm thinking that the uh, someone has to open a channel, but obviously they they can't like force a miner to find a, a block, right? So you could have like time-based games 
where oh, yeah. uh, if if you can't open a channel in time, then you will lose the game. Uh, you know, in in, in a certain like a set of uh, circumstances. Yeah, uh, street gambling is also going to get really interesting. Uh, I remember seeing a video from South by Southwest this year where uh, two guys here in Austin were playing craps, you know, like the, the street version of craps, and they were paying each other using the Cash App. That's awesome. Cash yeah. App happens to have Bitcoin integration now. You know, just wait until oh, they have man. Lightning integration. <laughs> that is going to be amazing. And it's funny, too. So like, uh... you, 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 meet, you meet your guy, you set up a channel, and it's go time. Jack Mahler's, uh, in, in, when I was listening to him on uh, Marty Bent's uh, Tales from the Crypt, which you should go listen to if you're not already. I feel like I shill at every show, but um, he was talking about how like he was into chess and he wanted to like gamble on chess. And uh, so this, this is going to, Lightning will open that up as well. Uh, and we'll have people on their Square Cash app playing money chess games. Um, we've got our friend Eric here who's got another question that's <laughs> it's, it's it's a troll question but I think that there's actually an interesting uh, little thing here that I want to talk about so the question Hi. is Bitcoin Satoshi's vision is it a great coin or is it the greatest coin I, I think it's just, it's only a great coin it's not the greatest <laughs> Um. No, but the 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 serious uh, point that I wanted to make is that I saw some um, some Craig Wright. Uh, well, I don't want to call them cult members because we're cult members, so they are uh, rational scientists. Well, actually, actually, now uh, the, the, the a growing meme is that Bitcoin ABC is another cult. Look, and I I don't have a dog in this fight, and I think that the, both sides are retarded. But objectively speaking, it's quite clear which side is more cult like. But anyway, um, yeah. So the the very rational and uh, empirical scientists at uh, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision uh, were talking about how um, Lightning is bad because you're taking fees away from miners. Uh, and I, I found that to be uh, a little silly because even if you are in a situation where you have um, on-chain scaling, quote unquote, and like you don't have a block size limit or it's 128 megabytes, uh, you still would benefit from having a lightning network on top of that for use cases where you want to have instant uh, sending of, of, of value, right? Like, uh, yeah, and- what about miners paying for the electricity? You know, imagine like in, in the deep future when, you know, their own costs are denominated to Bitcoin. Are they going to want to have to submit a transaction and wait for it to get confirmed on the blockchain? Or are they just going to want to pay instant invoices to their, uh, you know, whoever they owe money to? Yeah, and the other thing is that there's real UX improvements with Lightning, like the uh, the invoice uh, that has a, a lot of more information encoded in it. And not only that, but it expires. And when I worked at a certain Bitcoin payment processing company that I won't name, because I'm embarrassed by it now, uh, they <laughs> one of the problems they had was 
uh, people pay, paying to addresses after they ought to have. And then you've got to go refund them. Personally, uh, as well, in um, some payment, uh, Bitcoin payments processing stuff I've worked with. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I had to sit, had to sit and, and explain to, you know, some non-Bitcoiners how to address problems like that. Um, and Lightning fixes that for us. Is, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I said to them as well. It's like, just hold your horses. We're going to have something better soon. Yeah, and then on on the point of like taking fees away from miners, like you have to pay fees to open a channel. Uh, Close. Well, yeah, no, no closing of channels, Michael. How dare you? <laughs> well, hey, look when when the inevitable breakup happens. This is a, this is a cult. You don't leave the Lightning be... Network. <laughs> That's also, it's going to be, you know, there's that old meme of, uh, you know, so-and-so's no longer my friend, other person's my new best friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's that, like, but like really, yeah. really bad Android UX screenshots of lightning channels closing and opening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, that takes up block space too, and you have to pay for it. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't foresee a scenario where all of the payments are being done on Lightning and thus there are no on-chain transactions. Uh, although that, that's an interesting scenario and like people should be thinking about that. But um, the other thing is that like miners are not uh, entitled to a, a fee uh, per se. Like we have to be thinking about this from, from the system's point of view like, what is the security trade-off uh, and uh-huh. how much electricity do we need to have being burnt? Like, I, I, I'd i like for it if if we consume 51% of the world's electricity mining Bitcoins. It's um, a bit bearish. We should be going for like 80, 90. <laughs> yeah, just to be sure. Uh, maybe we'll get there. I hope we do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that is, it, that's not a given. And I do agree that like the a risk would be that uh, we don't have enough uh, hash rate in the sense that you have to wait for a hundred confirmations instead of six mm-hmm. uh, to to have the same level of certain of probabilistic finality of settlement. Um, but we'll we'll see. Like that's an open question because we don't even know that Lightning is going to reduce demand for on-chain transactions. Uh, it very well may be the case that it increases demand for on-chain transactions. Uh, and the economics of it will play out very differently than what people are speculating on. Yeah, it's true. I mean, this is one of many things I don't really like to, you know, spend too much time trying to work through because I can't, I, I don't know how people are going to use these things. I don't know, uh, you, you know, how much, how much security they actually want. And like you said, you know, miners, miners don't deserve payments. They get payments when people demand hash rate. And so if people simply just don't demand as much hash rate, then that's just how it is. Well, with the caveat there that like we should be thinking about from from a consensus point of view of do we need to up- update the consensus rules uh, mm-hmm. to take into account changes in the economic uh, in the economics of Bitcoin system. Uh, and so we can't really know ahead of time whether it's like, what the optimal block size limit is going to be in the future or anything like that. Like it's very much an experiment where we just have to wait and see. And 
I, I think that like the pendulum will always swing too far in one direction before we have a soft or a hard fork to fix a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's not like an existential problem uh, either. And, and yeah, anyway, I just yeah. find that... I, I call me crazy. I tend to trust the market. <laughs> well, the other thing too is that I, I don't see a, a viable alternative to, to this experiment. Like uh, the, the alternative that they're putting forward is that uh, we just have a massive number of transactions, uh, each with a very small fee. And that, first of all, it from a revenue maximization point of view, that doesn't really make sense unless you assume that transactions are, uh, or demand for block space is 100% elastic. Uh, mm-hmm. And that any increase in fees would cause substitution to Litecoin or whatever. Um, and if, if that's if that's the case, then okay. Well, let's just take that as an assumption. I don't think that's the case, but let's just give it give it its due. Um, then you know we're going for like gigabyte blocks, and we're going for a fully centralized system. <laughs> so, uh, in that scenario, like I would rather have well, and and the end end state of that is that the miners increase the block reward, and how is that a better solution than us increasing the block reward for miners? Like the the two bad outcomes for both scenarios are the block reward gets increased. Uh, in one, we have a say because we can still run full nodes. And in the other, we have no say because the only people who can run full nodes are miners. I think the, the big lesson here is that miners are sovereign entities just like everyone else in the Bitcoin community and their interests don't necessarily align with yours. <laughs> No, they 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 definitely uh, may not necessarily align with this. Uh, and then it's just it we're we're seeing like I I'm just enjoying what we're seeing with the ABC SV fork where they're like renting out hash rate that is normally used for BTC and it's causing BTC to become more profitable to mine and they're just like running up huge losses all because they think that like this gives them more power. Meanwhile, the ABC side inserted a checkpoint into the node software that like definitely crippled the argument of hash rate having some kind of power uh, to mm-hmm. unwind blocks before the, the, the fork. Um, and I just I find it hilarious that on one side we have losers like uh, Satoshi's vision. They're just they're losing, right? Like they're, they're losing in the marketplace of ideas and in in the actual they're marketplace of trade, yeah, losing <laughs> across the board, and then on the other side, uh, ABC is winning because they are taking the BTC uh, arguments about full node sovereignty seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and this is this is why I think that uh, SV is a great coin because it's forcing uh, forcing a certain subset of Bitcoin Cash's uh, hand. To, to reveal that, yes, Bitcoiners were actually right all along about full nodes. Yep, Adam Back did nothing wrong. Uh, all right, let's go to the next question. Uh, next question is from Eric. What are your thoughts on the utility phase idea floating around the space? What are the issues with this concept? I'm excited about the utility phase, and I don't think there are any issues with the concept. 
Uh, what what specific is this referring to? I mean, this makes me think of utility token type stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was thinking that it. Well, yeah, utility tokens, but also like trying to make it so that like Bitcoin is is supposed to be a utility token, and we need to find the killer app for Bitcoin that will you know make it useful and not just speculation. Uh, yeah, well, and this is all, I, I think that's important because uh, not not necessarily because people are going to want to use it um, in the short term, because uh, unless unless people create lightning services that are so great and you have no other method of paying for it, you know, people, people are probably going to want to save Bitcoins and spend dollars or whatever else they have. Um, but that being said, in the future, having that infrastructure built in the first place uh just prepares us more for that future i mean there's I, I, sometimes i actually get a little nervous about the idea of you know bitcoin skyrocketing tremendously you know overnight or something just wondering yeah. like well what infrastructure do we not have ready yet you know like if if banks suddenly got all in on bitcoin like do they do they know what they're getting into are they ready to get into that uh, but the more that we have all of this plumbing ready, uh, the more that, you know, it's 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 not even going to people aren't even going to notice that Bitcoin takes over because it just does. Well, and the other thing, too, is that there are people who have already uh, had massive appreciation of value. Right. And so for them, like Bitcoin has already happened, like they yeah. have like 100,000 Bitcoins. Uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. They're 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 sitting pretty or whatever. But. Um, then in terms of, uh, they're, they're, and even if they're like frugal and they're, they're not interested in wasting all of that, uh, capital on retarded forks, uh, they, they probably want to have a way of like spending it without having to go to an exchange and liquidating it for fiat, uh, first. Uh, so right. I think and, that living their life. Yeah. They are kind of the, the spearhead on this. And I, I kind of, I think that every time we have a 10x price movement, we're going to have a 10x increase in the population of people who are moving from the quote unquote speculative phase in the sense that uh, they acquired Bitcoins because they anticipated a future increase in value. Once that future increase in value is realized and they move to the quote unquote utility phase where they are spending those. And like, what I don't get is that like, the utility phase starts when you send bitcoins to yourself when you acquire them and start holding them, right? Like, right. That's what I was like trying to think through at the moment. It's like my utility phase is I'm speculating. Well, and, but I would argue that if we want to try to narrow down utility to like that narrow time frame where you are moving bitcoins around, right? Like you have a first utility phase where you move the bitcoins to yourself and you acquire them. And then you have a speculative phase where you're holding them. And then you have a second utility phase when you're spending them, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, you know through Bitcoin on on-chain or off-chain uh, payments. Um, so I think that like we'll continue to have like both the acquisition and historically the acquisition utility phase has been the most profitable to service as a business, right? So exchanges have been doing very well. Um, by brokering trades between sellers and buyers. Uh, now, in the future, when people move to that second part of the utility phase, 
I think things like BTC Pay Server become more useful uh, when people are, are buying goods and services. Yeah, and I think you make a good point about you know the people who are are sitting pretty. I you know fall into the trap of thinking you know other people like me and were poor college students when they uh, found out about Bitcoin. Um, and it's also just good to remember in general that everyone in Bitcoin has their own time preferences and uh, things that they actually want the money for. And so yeah, like people with a lot of bitcoins already. They they have already won. <laughs> what what I find absurd is is the notion that the utility phase, um, you know, when people are actually spending their bitcoins, that there has to be like some weird like gizmo widget that they are buying. Like the it has to be like a, a cloud smart contract platform, you know, like that uh, <laughs> does their healthcare just a records, good or a service. Yeah, like. What are you currently spending money on? That's <laughs> what you'll probably continue to be spending money on in the future. I don't know what what people like magic unicorn uh, farts that they're going to be buying. Tokenized, yeah, t- t- tokenized. <laughs> I don't. I don't want just any uh, you know unicorn fart. I need one that's notarized on the blockchain. And, and it's interesting too because, like, I, th- I feel like we have that on the Bitcoin side as well. It's not just on the like Ethereum. Uh, well, people, people <laughs> trying to, th- yeah. Now we don't have unicorn farts on our end, but what we have are people who, um, and I'm guilty of this as well. And uh, people that I, I I love dearly are guilty of this as well mm-hmm. of uh, thinking that like there's going to be a micropayments app on lightning that is going to change everything and cause, you know, the, the utility phase of lightning to come in. And I, I had the same assessment of that of like, mm-hmm. no, like lightning network is going to be useful for the same reasons that a using spending a credit card online is useful today. Uh, even if it's for, you know, $5 or $20, it doesn't have to be for yeah. like, a, a, a fraction of a penny that you're sending. Well, and even now, just you know, stuff like uh, you know, I, I use Apple Pay a bit um, just because I, I I hate those chip readers. Yeah. They're supposed to make things easy, and mine mine I'm I'm not good with the chips, I'm not good with the cyber. Um, but uh, so I so I use Apple Pay sometimes, uh, and it's just so slick. Uh, I can see that you know, Lightning just would slide right into there. And then, you know, of course there's just the added benefit. People, people talk all the time about, uh, people get upset with Bitcoin maximalists for saying like, Oh, don't spend your Bitcoins uh, kind of mentality because, Oh, well, why aren't you taking advantage of the privacy stuff? Um, and I can't see their point in the sense of, yeah, like you as the person saying that to me, why don't you help, you know, build some lightning, um nfc type stuff in my phone so that i can go spend uh my normal payments uh without having to give up my credit card details to every single person who i buy something from yeah Uh, absolutely uh and and also you're also giving your your entire payments history to the credit card company as well um and it's not so much that the credit card company is going to do something nefarious with that it's that uh, no one can keep their shit together. So they're going to get hacked and then you're going to have like stalkers like knowing all your spending and stuff. 
that you know there's just like a host of you know there there are people who look at all the consumer data and advertising and and tie all this information together and do awful stuff so you know there is like a a real advantage to just basic payments um, well which... the other thing too is that um the best way to maximize the average amount of bitcoin you're holding is to spend bitcoins directly and not have to go convert it to fiat right because like mm -hmm. even if you're doing like instant conversion to fiat it takes like a couple of days to convert it so those are days where you're not holding bitcoins you're holding fiat um whereas if you were if you were only in bitcoin then uh and and if you're looking at this like on average right because that might work against you uh, on days like this where the price is down 20%. Um, but on average, if we say that like Bitcoin's price goes up like 1% a day, uh, then you want to maximize the number of days that you're in Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. Now, granted, maybe you're over-optimizing at that point, but that's that's something else to think about, especially if you're in a, like a hyperinflationary scenario. It's, it certainly reveals a fiat problem. You know, the more that you have to interface with fiat, the more they just slow you down and don't allow you to do the business that you want to do to make your life better. Yes. Yeah. I, I wonder too, is I, I'd like to do a test is a credit card, like a uh, processing call faster than a lightning call. Right. So uh, you see what I mean? Like is, is the request faster? Um, because I feel like they're probably either competitive or the lightning one, if it finds a route immediately, uh, would be faster. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of how how fast, uh, like using using Apple Pay has been. If it's a if it's a credit card where you don't have to, if you have to type in the PIN, then obviously it takes a little longer. Um, I mean, it is pretty fast. So yeah. I don't I don't know if there's. It, it, I would imagine that when you look at that, it's especially if you're doing in person payments rather than something programmatically, you wouldn't notice the difference. Right, yeah, it's it's just, it, it's like having a more frames per second above like 24, humans don't notice it because it's too fast. <laughs> yeah, although I do say like, since I started using Apple Pay a little more, uh, whenever I see people in front of me taking up too much time because they're fumbling with their stuff, and meanwhile, I, I have my thing all ready to go, you know, just put yeah. it in front of it. You know, we, we need we need these safe. We do need fast payments when it's time to do payments. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's and it's it's just it's a nice user experience. Like I, I've enjoyed uh, sending payments to like y'alls uh, and, and having fun with that. Um, so let's see the the next question here. Uh, I think that we touched on this on the podcast with. Um, uh, with the C Lightning team about mm -hmm. uh, vision for businesses, which will be built on the Lightning protocol. Um, but I, I guess I'll, I'll shill the business that I'm I'm building, uh, which is essentially this uh, Excel plugin uh, that Pumping. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to plug my plugin. Uh, and yeah, so I, I think that creating and the other thing too is that like it's not just the the software itself, although. I think that there's uh, businesses that can be built around building software. Obviously, there's plenty today. Um, it's that 
Lightning is still in its infancy. And so if you cater to the fact that that's the case, uh, then you're going to be doing a lot of end user support. And that alone, you know, you can do that for free for sure. And there's lots of people who do that for free on GitHub. Uh, but I don't think that's scalable. And I don't think that it's going to be a good way to onboard much people. Um, and I don't want Lightning Protocol developers doing end user support. Like they should be working on the Lightning Protocol and maybe hear about common issues trickle up. Uh, but it would be like working in a company where the engineers are, you know, manning the customer support desk. Like that's that's not a good idea. You should have some division of labor there. Um, so I think that providing support to early pioneers of the Lightning Network is is a good business. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and let's see, other than Liquid, what scaling layers do you see? This is an interesting question because there's a there's a project out of MIT, I think, that is creating off-chain payments, but not the Lightning Network. Like they're creating their own protocol, which kind of seems antisocial, but might also be a good experiment. Uh, yeah, although I mean, I, I, I think it's 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 if it's antisocial, it's certainly not as antisocial as creating your own money. Oh, oh, well, definitely not. Yeah. Using the same money, so like, I, I'm actually excited to see any anyone making a new uh, protocol to make Bitcoin easier and better. Yeah. Um, including centralized solutions. So, you know, I'd love I I I'd love to see Cash App have more just you know stuff integrated into their app uh that makes it easier to use Bitcoin even if it gives gives Jack all information about me. Um yeah, and, and like the the ability I always felt like Coinbase underutilized the ability of you to to send money or bitcoins from one Coinbase user to another. Um like that it's I remember, possible. I, 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 can you can you still do that off chain and stuff? I, I even I don't use Coinbase much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I would imagine you still can. I just remember that you were able to, and they didn't really promote it. Uh, uh, looks like we lost Michael. Michael, are you still there? Are we good? Okay, we're we're back. We're back. We're good. Um. Lightning will likely increase demand for on-chain, like building roads brings more traffic and it does not reduce traffic. So yeah, I, 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 I'm very sympathetic to that point of view. And um, I, I think that's what's going to happen because it's like the Jevons paradox. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it before, but I, I, I agree with that. Um, now, I don't, uh, don't want to go in. We, we mentioned Marty on every podcast. I don't want to go without mentioning John Newberry as well, who had had brought that up and i think our first interview with him yeah now john john knew about the jevons paradox because he's british and jevons is british and they hang out together or something uh well you know seances were very british too so maybe he was <laughs> yeah. talking to jevons spirit or something i don't know over tea and uh crumpets is that what they have yeah crumpets not not baguettes I know you right. guys like your coffee and baguettes. They have tea and crumpets. Well, are, are crumpets maybe those little like it. sandwiches? I, I literally have no idea. Right. I don't I just either. know it's a meme. Scones also. I think that. Oh, wait, mate. Do you have your crumpets license? 
Uh, yeah, we sh- we'll we'll spend more time mocking John when he comes on the podcast. Again. <laughs> okay, let's 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 cease with the xenophobia um, as, as easy as a term is. Uh, there's there's a lot of bad history between French people and British people, and I don't want to have an international incident on our podcast. Oh, don't worry, I, I have plenty of Anglo blood in me. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I did, I did 23 in me and I'm 70% British. So realistically, like I shouldn't dunk <laughs> on them too much. They they occupied the part of France that I'm from, Brittany, for like hundreds of years. So uh, it's not like I have anything to brag about. And you still ended up French. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> so the other comment is that the, the Bank of England and ECB said Bitcoin was quote-unquote, cute, but useless. Uh, if they care so little, why are they bothering to comment? The lady doth protest too much, methinks. Uh, on the other hand, you could imagine that they just see that it's been on this downward trend, so it's them doing a sort of victory lap of a sort of, like, told you so, this thing is nothing. I happen to really like this because the less that they uh, care about Bitcoin the more difficult it makes it in uh, the future for them to even fathom doing anything about that. Um, There's still plenty of time where, you know, I don't think they would be able to stop Bitcoin, but they could do plenty to uh, slow down adoption a bit through all kinds of propaganda campaigns and stuff like that. But if it's just not on their radar at all, because it's just this stupid thing, more power to us because we can keep um, building and growing the user base and, educating people about Bitcoin, about sound money, about why we're putting them out of business in the first place. Uh, And it just works out in our favor. And uh, it also makes for great memes. Um, Augustine Karstens was was made to be a meme. Yeah, I... (laughs) Let's not get into people's <laughs> physicality, but that I, I was why kind of taken aback by by his presence. <laughs> I don't know either. He's a absolute unit. Yeah, I because I always thought that Chris Christie was like the biggest public figure, but uh, somehow uh, this this gentleman out of Mexico outdid him. There's always a bigger fish in the sea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, okay, <laughs> so um, I was going to say that uh, the the other thing is that like, oh, well, you know, we should keep an eye out because maybe they'll have good arguments that uh, are weaknesses of Bitcoins that we should like try to fix. But their arguments are always like either things that we've we've heard for years and it's not like it, like there's good counter arguments to it or we're already working on fixing it. So they they complain about like, oh, Bitcoin's only seven transactions per second. It's like, all right, well, I mean, we're working on a system that has infinite number of transactions per second. So like, let's, let's, you're, you're kind of jumping the shark on this. Right. It's like basically the, the, the Fed can't meme is basically how to think about this because they, they, they are showing that as Bitcoin grows and does become a threat, the Fed is not, and and all of the other central banks are not going to have the defensive power to, you know, memetically convince anyone. You know, there's there's still questions of of 
which governments might use actual force to try to do something to people. But as far as the memes and actual information goes about these things, they they are not stepping up and doing their best. Uh, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah, because they they like in terms of crafting a narrative. Um, if they crafted the narrative, like I think that a, a more compelling narrative that than what they've been putting forward is the narrative that um, okay. If 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 we want to have a money that has a fixed money supply like bitcoins, um, it should be issued by a government so that people don't unfairly profit off of its mm-hmm. rise, right? Like, uh, and they could be elaborating on that point in the sense of, hey, look, like, do we want a society where people are getting rich off of creating monies? Like, and they're right in the sense that th- this being taken to like ICOs and altcoins is like bad because you have people spending a lot of time on nonsense, uh, you know, seniorage instead of... Well, and even beyond that, it just, it would feed off people's resentment for other people, you know, succeeding. That's a that's a common feeling of, of jealousy or whatever. And yeah, they could even pump the narrative of, well, do we want people to be doing it? Or if the government issues, we as the people can be profiting um off the money yeah um, it's like they could talk about like do you want to make roger ver rich like is that like look <laughs> at these terrible people that you're making rich john mcafee <laughs> um uh right craig Wright, calvin air like is this the new global elite that you guys want like they could really focus in on that and like put up pictures of uh, uh calvin air with like midget thai lady boys and be like Look at this terrible situation here. I, I literally don't even know who the Fed chairman is anymore after uh, Yellen. Yeah, it's his name is Powell, and uh, he's uh, no, that's right. Powell. He's an okay dude, apparently. Um, I'm just like I'm imagining Powell as being like the new head moderator and shit poster over at our Butcoin. Just like a weekly Fed roundup of yeah, look at Bitcoin. Do we want to let them get rich? But here, here's a thought, and I'm curious what you think. Um, do, do you think part of the reason that they haven't been good at memeing? Because if we if we look at a lot of government institutions, you know, it's it's a very difficult proposition uh, to try to tell people that uh, public education should be abolished, right? Uh, or or you know people might they might like the idea of the irs abolished but i think a lot of them would actually like be like well we can't actually do that because my roads and whatnot um so all of these government institutions have just like very strong ideological commitment by uh you know subjects of the united states government but with the federal reserve you know, it wasn't even a talking point in any bit of politics, as far as I understand, until the Ron Paul campaign. And it was only after that we saw other people like Rick Perry and whoever else, like in the, the 2012 election, starting to, you know, give a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, mention of the Fed. But other than that, they've been able to sort of operate as just this like group in the background doing things and haven't had to actually create ideological ideological commitment among the people because they just get to do it whether the people know or not yeah and the only time they've really gotten criticized before ron paul came along 
It was because they were being too tight on the monetary policy. <laughs> so uh, the people doing the people their jobs want, for once, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like people want free money and low interest rates. So if they're doing that, then they're going to be pretty popular, except among you know the fringe like five percent of gold bugs in society who care about sound money mm-hmm. on an ideological level. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think this plays into yet another question from Eric. Thanks, yeah. Eric, for all the questions. Uh, there has been a, quote, programmable fiat is the future, end quote, meme in the space recently. Thoughts? And uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Like, I mean, this is something we've heard about FedCoin as an idea. Uh, as long as I have been Bitcoin, I think, in 2013 and stuff. Um, you know, oh, the Federal Reserve will just make a better coin, or even, even you know, beyond that, you know, oh, Facebook is going to make their own coin, and that'll yeah. be better. Um, but as, as we're discussing, like, there are, I definitely think that there are ways that they can use technology to increase uh, their own money. In fact, in a way, I see fiat, modern fiat money, as um a technological achievement of basically making better payment trails and stuff like that because you know it was, it was much more difficult to do a lot of economic uh activity uh today than it was back under the gold standard not necessarily because gold was incapable of doing that but because fiat i guess just was coupled with that sort of uh, technological growth um so there's, there's definitely all kinds of things they could do um but so far if they don't think if they're not even thinking much of bitcoin uh what are they going to be doing to actually try to try to compete it'll just be you know higher transaction rates which doesn't really get to the heart of of uh you know what people want bitcoin for in the first place and there might be a time you know, period where people are engaging in, you know, they're, they're able to engage in more economic activity because ACH doesn't take, you know, three to five days or whatever. Um, but that still doesn't protect them from that systemic risk of, um, you know, such a, a pwned uh, base protocol. Yeah. And I- even if they're like, okay, we're creating like 21 million, you know, Fed coins. It's like, okay, but are people going to run nodes for this or like, is there going to be mining or how are you going to enforce that? Like, why wouldn't you create, why would you create more? And I have this question for like ripple and XRP. Like you really think that ripple is just going to create more XRP if they ever run out, which they won't because they gave themselves 80% of the XRP. But uh, like they would just, they're, and they talk about like, oh, we're we're trying to decentralize XRP, and now we have like three different validators. It's like, yeah, but you know who they are. You need a, you, like you could just go to them and be like, hey, we're increasing the number of XRP. You're getting a ten percent cut. Shut the fuck up. We're moving on. Like done and done. You know, it just it just occurred to me while you, while you were talking that it, it's it's funny how you get the simultaneous almost almost from the same class of people the. Oh, programmable fiat is the future. Um, in in the the same sort of person will also tell you that uh, 
you know, blockchain or Bitcoin is a solution looking for a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yet, you know, it apparently did provide a solution if it helps fiat. Uh, I mean, on, it, that note, yeah. on that note, there's also like we're starting to see this trend in in companies with like the stable coin stuff, um, which effectively, as far as I can tell, like converges on, well, we're making programmable fiat. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I actually I'm sympathetic to the idea of like having a a a payment system that has an API that mm-hmm. you can program against. Like that's that's nice. The problem is that who it's not an open system, right? So they get to choose who gets API keys and who does not. Essentially, yeah, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's the part where I'm like, okay, well. I'm not so interested. It's not permissionless. <laughs> no, it is not. Because like even with like tethers, like they have it on. I think they're using like you. Do you remember uh, uh, Mastercoin or Master? Something? Yes. Yeah. I think that they're using like a derivative of that for tethers. <laughs> um, but like they, I've they, never it, had any strong feelings about tether. But that just now. makes me hate it. <laughs> well, so apparently, like someone got hacked, right? And their tethers got hacked. And uh, guess what? Like the tethers company just like froze that address, and they were like, "Okay, well, we're issuing new tethers to replace these." <laughs> it's not, and so like right. well, they you, they can do whatever play, they want. Play fiat games, win fiat prizes. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the other aspect of it from a monetary economics perspective, it's like, okay, uh, how is your stable coin going to compete with a deflationary coin? Like, that's just not yeah. going to work. That being said, like you said, you know, uh, it is nice having a programmable API. If you are working with fiat, it is nicer to have a a more programmable interface. Um because you've the fact that you're playing with fiat in the first place means that you've given in to uh, permissioned systems. Yeah. So if you're willing to take on those within the confines or the the, the context of of making those trade offs, it is ceteris paribus better to have uh, you know pr- programmability. So some of these, I, I, I'm actually, I, I could imagine that a lot of the the that type of stable coin. Um, I, I really don't even like that that use of the term. Um, well, yeah, but, like why are you putting coin in it? Because clearly you're just like deriving just say it from that Bitcoin, or 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 uh, yeah, or just say that it's dollars, but we'll let you use an API to do something with it instead of trying to use buzzwords. Um, you know, yeah, you could honest. call it like digital be about what the system. Yeah, like digital dollars. Like uh, no one will be confused by that. Um, and then the other yeah, thing too is uh, honest. <laughs> yeah, be honest. Stop scamming. Uh, the current status quo for programmable money is like an OFX connection with your bank, and that protocol dates from twenty years ago. Uh, it's like a shitty XML format. I remember when you were working on some accounting yeah. tools, and just all the complaints I was getting from you about trying to just, you know, operate with JP Morgan Chase and, yeah. you know, Wells Fargo, whatever, all, all the different ones, just like how absolutely awful it is. Um, 
And it's only been recently that some of these, you know, banks even have web interfaces that look like they're kind of new. Right. Um, you know, at least at least they put on the nice facade now. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things would be better. Just, you know, I, I would recommend that everyone doing that, you know, be very honest about that this is dollars and, you know, make sure people know all of the trade-offs of, you know, operating with your system because... Uh, you know, fiat still does have some useful properties in the sense of everyone uses it. So you can yeah, you know, <laughs> hand it off to other people. Um, but uh, don't don't be using buzzwords to, like we said, scam people and and make yourself seem cooler to, you know, get investor money or whatever it is that's driving it. Well, in practice, too, all of these "quote unquote" stable coins are all just being used to by speculators who are gambling on uh, crypto, "quote unquote." Like, it's yeah. not like there's there, there's no uh, actual utility demand for uh, stable coins right now. Maybe that'll evolve, but uh, it's clearly people who are just trading in and out of Bitcoin. How long before the United Nations? launches a stablecoin ICO or something so they can we are a stablecoin for all global <laughs> currencies. Uh yeah, I think that would trigger Alex Jones like no other. Um but this this does go into like a narrative that I, I think uh is is going to play out that there's gonna be increasing number of ICOs from government related things. So like we started with the bottom which is like Venezuela and their Petro ICO, <laughs> like the shittiest possible country. And I think that it's going to work its way up until finally you have like Switzerland doing an ICO. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked into it. Someone had sent me some messages that seemed to be implying that Iran was working on an ICO or something instead of just taking up Bitcoin, which is very strange. You know, once again, being a sanctioned nation, it's like that's, you know, as far as use cases of Bitcoin, that's one of the major ones. It's like, yeah, but well, the, the use case of Bitcoin isn't uh, seniorage, right? And so that's that's what they're looking for, right? Seniorage. Right. They're not so much looking for the censorship resistance aspect. Now, they're the the revenues that they receive as seniorage, they're going to keep in bitcoins, right? <laughs> they're going to be yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'd hope so. Yeah. I mean, well, I actually, I shouldn't say I, for their sake. I hope so. Well, I think that they that they will because it's like they're selling this Iran token, and what are they receiving in return? They can't receive dollars because they're under sanctions, right? Uh-huh. Well, they can receive bitcoins, and so I think that we'll see an increasing number of sovereigns doing that and then we'll also have like uh like you'll have like the u.s military do an ico and like cash out on their reputation and Drone people will be coin. like well they'll be like oh we got to support the troops we should uh buy their ico you know like it's gonna spin out of control uh yeah on that note i do remember i had a tweet a long time ago uh about you know i, I think it was Maybe it was when Venezuela was announcing an ICO. It was just like, you know, an ICO is a good way to get some, you know, short-term money um, and, and harm your citizens in the long run. But if you want to have, if, if you are a statesman who's, you know, trying to work on creating, 
you know, many decades and centuries of peace and prosperity uh, for your citizens. Yeah. So I, I would imagine someone, uh, a nation like Switzerland would be, you know, interested in, in that, you know, vision of, of the future. Uh, then you should really try to stay far away from doing ICOs and really focus on, you know, adopting a currency that can can do that for your people. And uh, so if you're out there, into, yeah, go you ahead. know, you, you I, I'm I'm available for consulting. You know, if you need help, you know, turning your country into, you know, a, a proper civilized place, Bitstein's here for you. I like that because we've got we've got advisors, you know, for all sorts of different people. And we need sovereign advisors like yourself uh, aiding these people to to make sure that they don't, and it's not that like, you know, we're, we're, we're anarcho-capitalists. So uh, there's a bit of a conflict there, but let's resolve the conflict here is that the alternative is that they scam the shit out of people. Yeah, uh, no, it really I is. mean, it, even like, that's actually why you should trust me even more because yeah. you can know that I, I care about the long-term, you know, peace and prosperity of your nation. I want to keep you from, um, you know, doing that harm. And, you know, it, it, it works in everyone's benefit. Uh, so this goes into a question from Heavily Armed Clown, uh, who asks, <laughs> I love that. I, I love he, that name. I, I imagine I, I Heavily Armed Clown, I, he has to be an end cap as well. Oh, yeah, I, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, his question is, what, or her question, we don't, we don't know if this is a male or a female clown, but... Do you uh, know it's human? <laughs> yeah i well like, their question like, do we know it has it yeah it's their question, question. we don't even know <laughs> uh what's going to happen first hyperinflation driving bitcoin adoption or central bank accumulation um i i actually i think central bank accumulation i think we're mm. we're like getting very close to that yes chiefy get on that yeah and not not from like the federal reserve but you know, from like a smaller central bank and yeah, all the people, all the people who have to rely on the federal reserve, not to tank their own economy. Yes, exactly. Uh, who would otherwise be holding us dollars, uh, wising up and, uh, seeing that there's a, a new game in town. Bitcoinization is the solution to dollarization. Exactly. <laughs> Why dollarize when you can Bitcoinize? Um, Let's see here. I'm sure we've got other questions. Uh, it's just people People are chatting too much in the live stream, but uh, let me catch up. Um, oh, hell yeah, NCAP. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you were 100% my, my right. My intuition is as sharp as always. Uh, any estimate of how much Bitcoin Roger Ver held? I like the past tense there. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what happened to his coins. Tragic boating accident. Uh, did he sell it all for Bcash? Are they selling now? Yeah, I I don't know. Have you heard anything about what what his bags are like? I don't know. I mean, once again, you know, from his sake, I hope he uh, followed the Bitcoin index method and held all forks uh, that he was engaging with rather than uh, selling Bitcoin. But uh, based on his um, expenses in uh, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, marketing. I have to imagine that first of all, he had quite a bit of uh, bitcoins. Um, maybe still has, but um, many I have to imagine were spent as well. 
and if if he if he does have if he does does still have BTC, he's given up on pumping the uh, the BCH exchange rate. Like it's been just drifting down for a while now. So either he's run out of coins or he's stopped, uh, you know, putting bad money after good or good money after bad. Yeah, good money after bad. <laughs> uh, uh, on that note, what does it look like if Roger Vera gives up the con and comes back home? Uh, this is a tough this question. Controversial. So, yeah, I, I put out a tweet that uh, became very controversial. I, I didn't anticipate it being controversial, but I said that if I and, and to be clear, like with this tweet, I was I was trolling Roger Ver more than anything else, but uh, saying essentially that uh, if he if he wants to apologize and come back to Bitcoin, I'm okay with that. Um, which you, like. I'm not necessarily. People were like, Roger Ver doesn't have to apologize to come back to Bitcoin. I was like, I didn't say he has to apologize. I just said I'd be okay with it. <laughs> well, I mean, my 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 take on these things is that uh, Bitcoin is a permissionless permissionless system, and anyone uh, is allowed to partake in Bitcoin, even if uh, you know, no no matter where they are on the spectrum of uh autism you know, quality or virtuous or whatever yeah um you know good people bad people everyone is a lot on bitcoin and so it's it's really not up to me to decide if roger wants to be in bitcoin it's only on him um and if he chooses there's nothing i can do about it and there's nothing i want to be able to do about it if i could do something about it there'd be something wrong right uh i think that is it zaba who came up with a bitcoin is for enemies Mm, Bitcoin is I don't money remember. For enemies. So, someone I don't did, remember. and I, yeah. I like it a lot because yeah. it, it, it really encapsulates uh, the whole point of this. Um, and yeah, I mean, but it, like if Roger Ver wanted to get back into my good graces uh, and for me to, you know, uh, forgive him and unblock him on Twitter, uh, <laughs> so, something that would be nice for him to do would be to start shilling uh, Lightning Network and how good of a user experience it is. And for him to be funding, maybe fund like another Lightning Network implementation mm -hmm. uh, and fund another like Chain Code Labs that's working on Bitcoin Core. Um, that that would be uh, uh, th that would be a way to kind of buy back some goodwill. Um, now, granted, yeah, like he's I, gonna I have to. I don't think it's impossible. You know, uh, I'm not not saying that he will, but like I don't think that it's impossible. Uh, for him to be able to come back and and uh, you know perform some actions that are able to show that he actually has had a change of heart, for sure. the The only thing stopping him from doing so is himself, not anyone yeah. else. Uh, Look, I saw Star Wars, even even Darth Vader, even even Darth Vader. Jedi. He's... What matters is that in the final battle that he turns, right <laughs> and. And maybe, maybe Craig Wright, maybe this is what Craig Wright did. I, uh, but we'll we'll see how this shakes out. It, in the sense that maybe Craig Wright. Now I, I've heard I've heard uh, Bitcoin ABC people put forward this conspiracy theory, and I actually I like it a lot, which is that Adam Back hired Craig Wright to go blow up Bitcoin Cash from the inside.
And he did it with devastating effectiveness because <laughs> half of the Bitcoin Cash people are retarded. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, to, to say that, I mean, don't they also want to make it? I mean, I don't know. It's like that, that just seems so impressive uh, to me of Adam back. So it seems weird that they, you know, imbue him with such incredible competence. But I guess also if they believe that Blockstream has uh, the competency and somehow power to totally control and co-opt Bitcoin, then anything is possible. So. Yeah, although I, if anything's possible, why is the price crashing, Adam? <laughs> Can you pump it back up, please? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so there, the, there's another question here that I like a lot, which is if you each wanted to be shunned by the Bitcoin community and fall from your lofty place in the community, I don't, I don't know that we're in a lofty place, but let's <laughs> let's grant that for the sake of the question what pull request would you open on the uh bitcoin core repository so what code change would we make uh or propose uh to that would cause people to uh immediately start shutting us and i like me personally when i think about that i feel like i the the pull request would have to be a a personal assault an insult to like respected Bitcoin core developers, right? Um, so I, I'd have to think about how how one would craft because, like, it would be easy to say, like, oh, well, you open a pull request and the the body of the message is just hurling abuse on on Bitcoin core contributors. Like, you can do that on Twitter. You don't need to open a pull request. So it, it yeah, has but, to specifically I mean, I mean, be a code change. To me, the clear one is just you know increasing the block reward. If you really wanted to, I put this whole story of like, it's actually an increasing block reward to deal with the increasing number of people using Bitcoin. So we'll start with 1% every year and we'll go up to 2%, 3%, et cetera. I mean, that would change changing the fundamental, but that's also to me the easy answer. Yeah. The hard answer of like actually without, I, I guess like an almost a more interesting question is like without changing the fundamentals of bitcoin what would you do to piss everyone or off? or if you do uh make a proposal to change the fundamentals of bitcoin it has to be uh socially corrosive and insidious in the sense that there are people within bitcoin who agree with you and you start off another shit fest like we had with the the scaling debate right so it has to be plausible. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, maybe I need to go study up on my Mike Hearn tactics, but I don't, I don't think that much of the Bitcoin community actually liked a lot of his ideas anyway. I don't think anyone was getting behind the red listing or uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. And, and also I don't think that there was a pull request that Mike Hearn put in on Bitcoin core that like, like the way he, he got trashed by the community was by getting published on a, a blog and, you know, about his whiny rage quit. So uh, I, I've, I've got to put more thought into, or maybe I don't have to put more thought into this pull request, but uh, there's, there is not an obvious answer that comes to mind about how I would go about uh, do executing on, on, on this request. Yeah, Vladimir, we would never do this to you. Don't worry. Yeah. Although I wonder if like um, 
Okay, here, here's here's a possibility. You know, there's the contributing dot markdown file. It, if you went like if you if you edited it so that you're essentially injecting like I I don't want to get into the whole code of conduct debate about uh, you know from the social justice warriors, but if if it was something like that, except it might have like a, a bit of. Uh, Becasher resentment of, hey, you have to be a cool developer to contribute, um, and you have to be in the good graces of Vladimir to to be able to contribute. Otherwise, your pull request will not get merged, and you should you should like bribe these people or or something something obnoxious and uh, acrimonious like that. That you, it, because yeah, like had something about like you have to use your real name. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good one. Uh, or you have to pledge allegiance to Bitcoin maximalism because then there are like, there are people who would agree with that. Uh, and the, you, you know, like the it's J Walter great. Weathermans of the world. It's also great because there's so many definitions of Bitcoin maximalism that people kind of operate by that you'd have, you'd have not only people agreeing with it, but people fighting over what that means and yes. breaking apart based on that. Yes, so I think I think we found a good answer for Matthew, which is that if we updated the contributing requirements to have some kind of um, purity test about whether you are allowed to contribute or not. I hope no one at certain three-letter ed- agencies listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, maybe we work for a three-letter agency, so... <laughs> Yeah, welcome to the uh, NSA's internal Bitcoin podcast, where we talk about ways to undermine the Bitcoin project. (laughs) Brought to you by Blockstream. Yeah, our most successful project in this regard. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, okay, let's close out on a serious question. What country might actually adopt Bitcoin? Did you see the Marshall Islands and Hilda Hein... PM, I guess Prime Minister was scolded for her cryptocurrency attempts. Um, well, I think that they were trying to shitcoin, so that's probably good that they were scolded. But um, uh, other I, places, I, I feel like uh, I've heard like Bermuda ha- seems to have a yeah. positive uh, relationship with them. I remember there was that picture of CZ uh, yeah. of Binance wearing Bermuda shorts wonderfully. He was really pulling that off. I dig it. Looked sharp. Uh, and there's there's Malta as well, uh, mm-hmm. although I don't know if they're just like in it for the the, the banking situation, but um, yeah. Uh, so I I I don't th- I think that it's the internet, right? Like it's the internet that is uh, the country that adopts Bitcoin. So like I think that it's going to be a certain small percentage of people in uh, countries across the world, everywhere they have internet access. Uh, that are converting to Bitcoin. And it's not going to be like geographically uh, concentrated enough to say this country was the first country. We panarchists now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're familiar with panarchism, right? I, I remember watching at SFL in Austin, uh, there was uh, a talk about panarchism. I left uh, unpersuaded, uh, but it... <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some interesting things to consider from that. It actually, it would be interesting to revisit the idea now 
with the idea of of Bitcoin in there. Basically, it was the idea that you you have various entities providing you know governance structures, but they're not necessarily tied to specific uh, locations, um, and it has a sort of uh, uh, polycentric uh, legal system thing to it as well, where, you know, people in the same geographic area might be um, adhering to different uh, rules of social consensus, still being able to get along within that geographic area, but they themselves, um, you know, do that. I, I think there's, there could be something there. I don't it's, know. It's, it's like been, the, it's the atomic swaps in real life uh, is what you're, <laughs> they're selling me on here. Yeah, I remember, I think it was uh, someone I knew, actually, uh, or Tucker, I think he had some you know, interesting essays on this. Yeah. Uh, but now that I think about it, I, I would like to go revisit that with Bitcoin in mind to see if there's anything to salvage uh, from that school of thought. <laughs> well, yeah, and maybe with Bit on, under the Bitcoin standard, when uh, countries cannot be uh, massive welfare warfare states and we see smaller jurisdictions, mm-hmm. and we'll see more experiments like that. And, you know, people will have a breakthrough, an epiphany and be like, ah, this is a lot better. We can we can live together without being at each other's throats over like arbitrary issues. And Ron Paul's spirit will be above them all. Just you only had to listen. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but this is the this is the uh, good outcome of you only had to listen. Of like, yes, you could have had yes. this earlier. Not you yeah, could have avoided exactly, this. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, on that note, you know what? Um, when I when I uh, add the ending to this podcast, I'll find a good Ron Paul clip and uh, I'll I'll add it as the audio. Um, but thanks everyone for joining us for another uh, episode of uh, Noted. And uh, yeah, keep it happening. The price of gold today is uh, fifteen hundred and eighty dollars. The dollar during these last three years was devalued almost fifty percent. When you wake up in the morning, do you care about the price of gold? Well, I pay attention to the price of gold, but I think it reflects a lot of things. It reflects uh, global uncertainties. I think people are – the reason people hold gold is as a protection against what we call tail risk, really, really bad outcomes. And to the extent that the last few years have made people more worried about potential of a major crisis, then they have gold as a protection. Do you, th- do you think gold is money? No. It's not money. It's a, Even it's if it has been metal. money for 6,000 years, somebody – reverse that and eliminate that economic law? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's an asset. I mean, it's the same. Would you say treasury bills are money? I don't think they're money well, either, do, but they're a financial do, why asset. Why do central banks hold it? Well, it's, it's a form money. of reserves. It's a why don't they re- hold diamonds? Well, it's tradition, long-term <laughs> tradition. Well, some people still think it's money. I yield back. My time is up.